message is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Ancient faith for today's world. July 31st, 2022. 1 Peter 4, 12-16. In the classic film Casablanca, it portrays a time when the French had been conquered by the German army and their entire nation had been subdued. And the film takes place in one of their occupied territories as some of the, the French citizens are sitting there in a parlor, but there alongside with them are some of the German officers. And then, as if to add insult to injury, the German officers begin to sing a patriotic German tune right in front of them. But in the midst of that singing, we see another voice begins to sing, and it pipes up as it sings the French national anthem. Soon, other voices and instruments are joining in, and the, the Germans are drowned out as all the French around them are singing their song defiantly, not ashamed of the fact of where they stood or their position, but almost with an overconfident hope that they would somehow come ahead in the end. It's really quite a, a moving scene. And actually, I find it striking that that scene came in a movie that came out in 1942, which was a time when the movie makers and the, the people of France did no idea if they would come ahead, other than they held on for that hope. How would you respond if you faced insult and injury? Well, today we continue our series looking at First Peter, and we see how we go from cross to crown. Peter had reminded us last week how we serve even while suffering. But today we can see how we do even more than just serve. We can not only sing, but we can rejoice while suffering. We'll see that as we look at the second half of 1 Peter chapter 4 today. Peter is writing to believers who, of course, have undergone a lot of suffering. The, the Christians in Asia Minor he writes to, he says, have faced suffering as they were facing bodily injury, as they were submitting to authority that hated them, they were insulted, they were bearing up after they faced harm and hate for doing good. Once again, he mentions they suffer in the body and they face insult. And yet as Peter writes to them, he says to them, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. That is, no matter what they would face, it shouldn't be a shock. It shouldn't seem like it's strange that they were somehow facing hardship as they followed Christ. In fact, it's almost shocking as we listen to what happens in history, and as we hear of what would follow after Peter wrote this. You see, Peter wrote at a time when a man named Nero was ruling over the Roman Empire. And it was after Peter wrote that Nero would blame Christians for many deeds. Hundreds of them would be arrested and killed in horrific ways as they were disemboweled, as they were sown with animal skins and fed to the wild animals for sport, as they were covered with pitch and, and lit as torches for the night. And it continued. That was just the beginning centuries of suffering as Christians were made to bow down to false gods or to suffer, to lose their possessions, their homes, and often their lives. Hundreds of years of suffering. But it shouldn't have been a surprise. Peter says, 
Don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that's going to come on you and that has come on you. And you know what? Peter's not just writing to them. It shouldn't seem strange that we still hear today of believers suffering around the world, facing, as Peter says, literally fiery ordeals. Don't be surprised. And not just if it happens around the world today and throughout history, but what about you? Would you be surprised if what you hear about happening to Christians around the world were to happen to you? Maybe you you might think, well, I might face some insult, or maybe someone might give me a hard time for bearing the name of Christ. But it can't be that bad, right? Not my life. Would you be shocked if you faced a fiery ordeal? Would you consider that strange that that would come upon you as a person who bears the name of Christ? What's the worst that you've faced so far as you face the ordeals of bearing the name of Christ? Was it maybe someone looking down on you because you came to the Lord's Supper when there were concerns that it might not be healthy? Or was there someone maybe who insulted you because you bore the name of Christ and your teaching in your church was just not so-called progressive enough to match the rest of this world? What sort of insult did you face? What sort of thing that might make you ashamed. Did it compare at all to what Peter wrote to? These Christians in Asia Minor facing fiery ordeals. But Peter says, don't don't be surprised. Rather, he says, rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ. How can Peter say that? Not just endure, not just make it through the suffering. Rejoice as you participate, as you share in the sufferings of Christ. Christ who said to you and all his disciples, if anyone wants to follow me, they must take up their cross and follow me. Rejoice? Well, Peter doesn't leave us hanging for long. He says, rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. See, Peter's doing what he's done all along. He's showing us how Christ has gone from cross to crown, that when we suffer, we see a Savior who suffered and who now has been glorified and is crowned in glory, ruling over all things, and will come again. Yes, Jesus suffered. The sufferings of Christ are what we are also now finding we join in. As he was insulted, we will be insulted. As he was hated by the world, you will be hated by the world. But Peter says, you're participating as the one who is the chosen one, who himself bore suffering. Can you picture the sufferings of Christ? Far greater than the fiery ordeals that any follower of Christ could ever face. But he suffered, he faced the cross to exchange himself for you so that you would not have to suffer what this world deserves. You see, we, we were in a far worse situation than being conquered by some foreign army. It was our own sinful hearts that turned aside from our God. And we deserve to suffer as a people who had opposed a holy God. And when his glory comes, he ought to look on every sinner and judge us as an enemy, joining the devil as a conquered foe, separated from his grace and glory, facing his judgment. That's what we should face when his glory, his holiness is revealed. But Peter says, you're not going to suffer. 
In fact, the sufferings you face right now are not even punishment for sin. They're just a test. His glory will be revealed. And then Peter says, look at that, the, the crown. You will be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. When Christ comes in glory, the suffering will forever be gone. When Christ comes in glory, you will find your joy right now amplified to an extent that you can't even really express it now or understand it. Overjoyed. When Christ comes, we will have glorified bodies, these bodies that bear insult and suffering now forever with God in paradise. When Christ comes, we will have the inheritance Peter speaks of, a kingdom that will never perish or fade when when Christ comes, we will face joy and glory everlasting, our risen, glorious King, because of his grace for all who trust in him and who long for his coming. So Peter tells us, as we suffer now, we follow Christ from cross to crown. When you face suffering now, don't just look at the cross. Look to where Christ has gone and where you follow. He says, if you suffer, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Notice what he says here, the, the triune God, the name of Christ, the spirit of glory of God. It's the name into which we have been baptized. And we know we bear that name. And he says, if you suffer as a Christian, you know, this is actually one of only three times Christian comes up in the Bible. And when you look at the surrounding words regarding the title Christian, it's in a context of someone using it for derisive insult against those who follow Christ, a sufferer. But he says, if you suffer as a Christian, one who follows the one who died on the cross, he says, do not be ashamed. If you bear the name Christian, you are blessed the Spirit of God and of glory and of Christ rests on you. You bear his name as a Christian. You know, the, the church historically has practiced confirmation. It's where someone confesses their faith. Where they, in the early church, even the first generation after the apostles, would say the Apostles' Creed, make known to the world who they trust, their triune God, the name that they bear, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that they weren't ashamed to bear that name in the context of a world that hated them. And if someone confesses their faith in confirmation today, they do the same. Maybe there'll be insults. Maybe those, those sufferings will grow and increase. Maybe you'll, you'll be made to feel mocked as you bear the name Christ. Or maybe someone will just say, your church is out of line because it follows scripture and it follows Christ. But don't be ashamed. You who confess Christ Follow him. As you face insult and suffering, you are blessed because you follow Christ and bear his name as you follow him from cross to crown. Amen.